0: Welcome to the When's My Time podcast. This is Aussie Air, founder of whensmytime.com, and I aim to be your boss's worst nightmare. I'm recording this on the morning of Monday the 20th of June 2016, and yesterday here and in lots of countries we, we celebrated Father's Day. And uh, Carol and I were fortunate enough uh, yesterday to be joined by both our sons for lunch, and we had a, a lovely day together. And I thoroughly enjoyed myself and was thoroughly spoiled. But it got me thinking about uh, my own father, who sadly is no longer with us. He uh, passed away quite suddenly on uh, December 17th, 1999, just a a week before Christmas. And um, there's really never a day that goes by without I think of him. And the reason I'm I'm talking about him is because while he was alive, I'm ashamed to say that I didn't really appreciate him enough. And I think probably a lot of us like that with our parents, aren't we? Um, while they or anybody we love while they're around we, we tend to take take them for granted and probably um, get tired of hearing the same old stories and, and, and really it's uh, we, we don't value them enough so I just want to take time out now to um, to recognize the fact that since I lost both my parents I've actually thought about them more and learned more i mean it was my sad duty a few years ago to help my sister clear out mum's house They'd lived together there for 45 years before that, and uh, then my dad passed away, and then my mum passed away just over 10 years later. So there was an accretion of um, all those years of, of married life together. But when my dad was alive, um, he didn't talk much about his childhood. I, I know it hadn't been a happy one. He was born back in 1930, and um, I never I never asked my father about about it because I figured... It was painful, and if he wanted to tell me, he would. But the bits I know are that he had two brothers, and uh, his mother contracted a form of multiple sclerosis. And when my father was a child, his father simply walked away. Now, I don't know whether his father went and had another family or what. I I have no idea, but he, he just disappeared from the scene and left my grandmother, who I never met, to raise her boys. Well, her illness was such that um, she couldn't really do that very well. My father's older brother was, I think, around about 15 at the time, and effectively moved out and um, sort of carved his own life out from that point on. His younger brother was adopted by his great-aunt not just taken in but adopted and became officially their son but he at age eight was left with his mother and became her primary carer because there was no welfare state back then there was no way she could afford a doctor or the medicines that she needed in fact I'm not even sure that there were any medical treatments available to her back then for for this particularly nasty form of multiple sclerosis so my father was, as I say, left as a primary care. He had to cook, clean, do everything. Which meant that he missed out on most of his schooling. The days he did go into school, quite often he was beaten for having missed out on his schooling. And um, you'd expect that that would turn him into quite a, a bitter man. And maybe there was some bitterness inside, I, I don't know. But he never showed it. Um, he sort of... He... I'm Sorry, I'm getting quite emotional when I think about this. But, he, I mean, he, he was a, a very intelligent man, uh, but unfortunately uneducated because obviously he'd missed all the schooling. He was, he was self-educated, in effect. He, he loved the arts. Um, he, he loved music. He loved painting. loved figurative art. He, he loved beauty. When the time came for him to leave school, he got a, a, a job with a, a painting and decorating firm. And he, he quite rapidly rose to um, be sort of manager of the shop, if I remember rightly. And sorry, for, forgive me, some of this is vague. But he, he was fairly well respected by, by about 18, which was quite an achievement, considering what he'd gone through. However, then came, uh, back then we had conscription, we had national service. It was after, shortly after the war. And he had longed, his dream was to join the RAF. However, he couldn't leave his mother. There was no one to care for her. He had to be home for his mother. So his only other option—he couldn't—he couldn't therefore join the forces. So the only other option was to go down the mines, the coal mines, because that—that that was the option. Then there were there were either the forces or there were the coal mines. Um, they were called Bevan Boys, after uh, the politician who brought in the scheme. And so my father went down the mines. And that's pretty much where he stayed until he retired. Physically, quite broken. Nevertheless, when when he was down the mines, he he continued his studies and he learnt about geology, about the different strata that you'd encounter in mining, about the different risks in mining, uh, about gases, uh, about water, about all of those things that I, are sort of mere concepts to me. I, I, you know, I don't have any understanding of this. And he learnt Minecraft. Not the game. <laughs> I'm talking about real Minecraft. And he became first what's called a deputy. And latterly he became an overman, which is the equivalent of a foreman in mining terms. But he always felt that he should never ask his men to do things that he wouldn't do. In fact, after his death i've heard from men who worked for him who told me that my father would often would often do far more of the heavy work far more of the heavy work than they ever did and yet they were they were actually getting paid more it was it was one of these uh, anomalous situations whereby the the miners themselves would get generous overtime payments and when i say generous overtime payments no amount of money was enough as far as i'm concerned for the sort of work that they did and the danger that they put themselves in daily. Whereas my father wouldn't. He he would take home less money than them by dint of the fact that he was supposed to be managing them, but he was sort of mucking them and leading by example. Now, whether that's a good or bad thing, I don't know. But I do know, I do know that his men loved him. I, and I mean that, loved I mean, big burly guys were crying when he died. But I, I'm sort of digressing a little bit from the story because I the point of this story was... That I didn't appreciate any of this. My father, when he came home from work, he was he was there, but quite often he was he was not there, if you like, because he was just dog tired. He didn't have much time for us. He'd had a, a hard he worked a hard physical life, and so while we saw him, it was very rare that he had time for many activities with us, and we we cherished it when he did, but. It was he. He was sort of remote in a, in a sense, and probably remote gives the wrong connotation. But he wasn't there enough. Should should I say that? That's probably a better way of, uh, of expressing it. And I'll be honest, because money was tight, and it was. Tight, we weren't poor. We weren't poor, but money was tight. I, I can remember once when he was in hospital for uh, operation uh, on his knee, and I, I won't go into the countless. Injuries that he had that required hospitalization and later left him a broken man, and which for which um, <laughs> he, he'd never received a penny in compensation. But he was in hospital, and my mother was having to bring us up on nine pounds a week. Now, this was back in the, the late 60s, but nine pounds a week that's it, even back then was not much money. So, our life seemed to be measured out in what we couldn't do rather than what we could. And uh, most things were, other people did them, Uh, particularly anything that seemed exciting. It wasn't for the likes of us. And I kind of resented that. I I, I thought there was a a lack of ambition there. But I, I totally misread the whole situation, totally misread it. Because when I think back to my father's beginnings, and how he totally missed out on his education, And yet he loved learning. How he would, had to look after his mother, who who died when I believe he was 21, as I say, it was well before I was born. And when um, when I think that my mother had a similarly impoverished upbringing, um, her her father was a, a miner, but this was the days before before the nationalisation of mining, and the payments were a lot less generous then and attitudes were different as well because in those days that it was seen as quite the norm for a, a man to finish work and spend the wages on beer uh, before getting home and um giving the wife what was left rather than the other way around so she similarly had a not the
1: um
0: <coughs> not the <coughs> excuse me best start uh, sorry it's, it, as i say i get quite emotional when i'm talking about it but not the best starting life but but let me let me tell you My parents were the first generation to buy their own home. Now, that may not seem much today, but when you've come from generation after generation after generation of people who lived in rented accommodation, buying your own home is a massive step. It's a step into the unknown. They bought their own home. My father rose through the ranks through his own study and hard work. They lived to eventually visit countries that, as children, they would only have heard of. They put both me and my sister through the old-fashioned grammar school education, which, incidentally, again, I have to old my up, I totally wasted through my own selfishness and through my own lack of understanding of the, the sacrifices that my father made to keep me on at school beyond the, the state school leaving age when money was tight. And he paid for that with his broken body. And yet I had this idea that they had a lack of ambition and nothing could have been further from the truth. Of course they had ambition. They were the first generation in their family to to own a home. They had ambition for us, myself and my sister. They put us through grammar school, gave us the best education they could afford. And it's only latterly, as I get older now, that I look back and realise what an idiot I was in not recognising any of this and not valuing any of this. And now it's too late for me to tell him in person. So what I'm saying is, and I know this is the day after Father's Day, but if your father's still alive, and indeed if your mother's still alive, don't wait till next Father's Day. Tell them today how much you love them and how much you value them. And that's it. And you'll be amazed that when they're no longer here, how pleased you will be that you did that. This has been Aussie Air, founder of When's My Time? And I can tell you, your time is now.